Hey, this is Brent. Hey, this is Jordan. What's up? This is Matt. Hey, this is Sean. And this is the Digital Ascent Podcast. Sean here. Wanted to preface the episode with the fact that we had started recording and talking about the current topic and just decided to leave in the raw discussion. So it's going to be a little bit funky as it starts because uh, it's going to start with Matt talking about chat GPT-4 and some of those features, but um, those things will kind of pan out as the conversation goes on, but wanted to give you some heads up. Uh, I've been, I've been digging on it. So I, I've like, I watched like their like 15 minute little check out what my, what my new toy can do with right. it that they put out. And uh, I've been, so, so I, I have opinions about this thing. I do think that you do get some access to it through Bing. Um, you have to use the little Bing icon in the upper right of Edge, and then there's like uh, there's a chat, and then there's something else right next to it. My computer needs to patch, and so it doesn't have that because I just booted this PC, so I can't look at it right now. But it's there, and then that looks like it has more of the GPT four format there. So it, it's a very it's very gray. But I mean that's I mean that's, oh. that's the news to deliver is that as, as of right now it's all pretty gray, man. Well, I also, and this right. is, I'm starting to put it together in my, in my head and I'm, I'm looking at it here and I think, I, th I think what the thing is, is, and you have GPT-4, if you are using Bing, that's powered by GPT-4, or if you're using the $20 a month, you know, GPT subscription, you're also getting GPT-4 there. But if you're not using OpenAI's, you know, ChatGPT through one of those two things, then I think it's using GPT-3. That's what this article says that I'm I'm looking at, and it's I think it's starting to bridge my confusion here of, I don't think it's very gray is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I think that you also gain access to it through this little Bing icon. In, in the upper right corner of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's well. that's GPT four. I guess, is yeah, that, is that, and yeah, okay, yes. But like Bing.com, okay, cool. I think is 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 like powered by the. <sighs> I think Bing.com is like powered by maybe the text engine because you get those. You know, you can ask. You know, is it creative or precise or whatever? But you don't get like the same level of like prompt and like engine manipulation and bells and whistles to like twist. So, all right, all good, all good conversation for it. Well, I mean, the, but the, the outputs, like, like if like the UI literally looks different. That's fair. There's literally different buttons to click. Yeah, you would just think that they would be powered by the same thing. If, I don't know, but maybe that, maybe I'm given too much leeway there. Um, Look at, okay, okay. So go, go to the management general chat. And then look at my post from 316. And you'll see that if you're using the Bing pop out, like the flyout window, in addition to chat, you also have a compose. And yeah, I see the that. compose. Okay. Yeah. And that compose thing that I've posted, that's like the additional, but like that's, that's like one of the functions of GPT-4 is that it, you can, you can give it these, like these more comprehensive instruction sets, uh, that it can like handle on the fly and GPT 3.5 couldn't do that. And that's, that's like one of the really big differences. Right. But I think from what I've looked at and what these articles are saying, my understanding is that the big differences between GPT four and previous iterations are the amount of parameters that it's been fed. And so I would, in my mind, from my perspective, I'm thinking, okay, compose is a feature, you know, that's only, usable like i'm trying i'm really not trying to draw this out i see what you're saying i'm i don't know i don't want to like, like that is part of gpt4 i agree if that's what you're trying to say like that's a gpt4 feature it's one of the that's one of the things that makes it unique is that it can accept these parameters i say i say we just leave it at that honestly like everything else is to be seen because we haven't had like nothing okay. has Especially the top level stuff that I feel like has got everybody excited with uh, GPT-4 is that it can receive audio and video as an input mm -hmm. and then also mm -hmm. have it as an output. I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Yeah, not, um, not video. 
Huh? It can it can do it can do image, but not video. Images. Okay. I, imagine, I thought someone said I something imagine, about video. Well, uh, I just looked it up. Oh, I thought I thought like, you I, literally I, posted I, an article. I thought a while back that said something about video. I thought. Well, because I hadn't I really done much research. Eventually, on my it's going to be multimedia. I, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see. Yeah, it does say that it that it. I, I see. I posted an article, and right here it's saying that it that it could do video. GPT four just told me that it cannot do video, or whoever's sitting behind. New see, guy, this is why I was confused. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's exactly. it's, no, this, it's, it's funny how it's not it's not very self aware of yeah changes itself. from GPT three to GPT four because I specifically had it ask itself that I was like, yo, dog. So what's new? What can I do that's new? And it's like it answers. So G- the GPT three version and the GPT four version both said the exact same thing yeah. when I when asked what that. See, that's question. what I'm. Uh, yeah. So and, I, and now I see I was where Matt confused. is kind of coming from. Yeah. Now right. I can. Okay. So like, perfect. It's a very cool. like huh subject. It's like here's this thing. It's supposed to do these cool things, but I've not seen any real evidence of it yet. At least not. Yeah. It's like it didn't. It's like it doesn't touch the the chat feature really. Whether you're using the pop out or mm-hmm. you know Bing dot com, but compose. And I've used compose. Uh, I was just I was texting people at work about it the other day, and it's fantastic. Cool. I can kind of see the difference uh, between between the two that makes a lot of sense and see conversation was all i needed and my anxious feeling has gone away uh and i'm good to go um uh, honestly okay. i think we should just stick i think we should just stick that in the podcast i don't think that we should redo it <laughs> and that should be the new topic and we should just stick that we should stick all this commentary right here in the podcast too and let it roll and it'll be episode whatever whatever that was a news article you can see how confusing it is and <laughs> Uh, so we're done. I guess just, next just call we'll it a wrap there. About, yeah, yeah. Call, <laughs> call it a wrap there. And we can. Right, uh, uh, that's it. Hey, we'll just. <laughs> nah, um, I mean, that's that's uh, loose, right. We want to keep. We want to keep it real casual. This is that's about as casual as, as you could get. The listeners. Hey, now just real quick. I'm, how confusing. If we're is. being yeah. serious, I'm totally cool with that. We could just cut around it and uh, have whoever's doing the editing add a little blurb of. Hey, we started pre-recording and then we accidentally got a new our news topic. Uh, so we're going to drop you into episode 11 right here. Enjoy. <laughs> and then boom, we're talking about chat GBT. Are you guys cool with that? Or do you want to start fresh? What's the consensus here? I I don't care either way, to be honest. I, I don't think we're going to be any more concise the second time than it's we were gonna, the first just, time. Let's really. just roll. Let's just roll. Man, there's okay. no, there's no Perfect. We'll just roll. We'll just roll. That's totally cool. Um, Okay, perfect. Uh, we'll transition into our, our topic. Um, today we're going to be talking about live service games. Uh, and uh, I think, well, not I think, because I was the one that picked the topic uh, for <laughs> this month's episode. But uh, really, I, I wanted to kind of get into uh, live service games and, and just really kind of a loose discussion about them uh, with the big kind of... Uh, rumor uh, in the gaming industry right now being that uh that new suicide squad uh joint that's supposed to be dropping later this year is going to be delayed yet again um and the Jordy, big catalyst for this rumor get any deeper yes sir yes sir can you define a live service game for everybody yes i can okay so Live service games, before we go any further, are games that are designed to keep the player engaged for long stretches of time, okay? Um, the, the synonym to, uh, I guess, a, a live service game would be, you know, traditional games, uh, games that we all grew up, you know, playing your, you know, <laughs> your Raymans, your Marios, you know, uh, pretty much anything before, I'd say, 2000. 12 to be safe is, is a traditional style game. Uh, and we may be a little late there, but I'd say 2012 Oof. and beyond uh, is when you started to see live service games become more uh, and more prevalent in the gaming industry, okay? And the key reason behind this is traditional games um, do not offer very much return um, on you know a publisher's investment into a video game. Uh, and the reason behind that is, hey, you get a single player game. It's got a solid, 
you know, maybe 15 to 20 hour campaign or story mode uh, and the player finishes that and they're done. All right. If there's no multiplayer component to your game, the player's putting your game down in 20 hours. They spent 60 bucks on it. Uh, and unless you're selling, you know, guaranteed a million copies off off rip, you may not even come close to putting a dent into what you spent on on your game. And some of these some of these single player only games are are rumored to cost hundreds of millions of dollars. All right. So uh, Red Dead uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a great example of this. All right. Uh, it's rumored price tag for development was, you know, somewhere between two and three hundred million dollars. Uh, and they were. They started, uh, you know, their their window of profit was really only the first two to three months after the game launched. Uh, and then they saw a real steep. There was no guarantee that they were getting their money back, right? Which is kind of why people are always expressing you're hearing that saying more and more that, you know, these single player games are dying off. They don't keep the player engaged. Developers are not making their money back. So the live service game uh, enters. And again, they are designed to keep players engaged for long stretches of time. And uh, something that you'll find uh, quite common in live service games are microtransactions. Uh, so I Boo. think a good example... He oh, said the yeah. word. Big, big ultra boo. We all uh, <laughs> look. And then, we and then all, immediately after recording this podcast, Sean and I are in the Fortnite store buying new skins. Dude, hey, absolutely. We are myself included. I am. I am terrible. <laughs> all right. There are games where I'm just you know, and I think this is we can all kind of. Uh, 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 admit to, to being, you know, this kind of player, but you know, I'm, there are certain games where I'm like, man, let these people drop, let, let this game come out with microtransactions. I won't touch it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll protest in the streets. All right. I'll, I'm not, I won't touch it. I'm not playing the game. All right. Game like call of duty or Fortnite come around though, where I know I'm going to be playing for long stretches of, of time as intended by the developer. I'm a little bit more likely to you know what I mean? Spend some money, which makes zero sense. There's no difference between, you know, what yeah. games I'm willing to spend money on and what games it's I'm not drip. willing to spend money on. That's it. It's the drip. It is. Yeah, it's the drip, it is. which is, it's the, it's all about the fashion statement. You know what I mean? And this is, it's perfect because I was just about to bring up Destiny. I think, I think Destiny, Fortnite, uh, the new iterations of Call of Duty, uh, I'd say really from 2020 and beyond, uh, all live service games, right? These are games that, you know, people pick up. Uh, and I mean, they're putting days of time, you know what I mean, into, into these games and, and short stretches of time. And that's what the developers want. They want you to spend more money uh, or play, you know, more of the game, because then if you're doing that, you're more likely to spend money. And it's just like Sean said, hey, look, if if we're I mean, people are getting smart about it right now. Right. Because when microtransactions first came out, they were all over the place. And I think right now it's very consistent. Microtransactions tend to be tied to cosmetic items that make you look really cool or stand out. Um, and uh, so, yeah, players are, you know, the, the more time you spend in a game, uh, I want to look cool. I'll spend, I'll spend oh, yeah, some I think, money. I think oh, Epic these, Games these has kind of like just... defined it with Fortnite. Oh, it's, yeah. They really, like they, they, they really set the have. With it. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, to their benefit, you know, uh, a big reason behind it is, just because of like the IPs that they're getting tied, right? The the intellectual properties, the you know they've had Alien crossover, uh, Avengers crossovers, all types of stuff with Marvel, DC. Uh, I mean, what else? athletes? Uh, everything Indiana under the sun. They've had live concerts. Dragon Ball, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, uh, Dragon Ball, and look, look, I'm not I'm not super big into anime. You know what I mean? I watched my fair share of Dragon Ball growing up. That was. I really like how they do, um, how they match like the animation or like the art styles in Fortnite. So like Dragon Ball characters are all cell shaded. Uh, and it's the same thing yep. they've done with like some of the other anime characters they've done. And I, I mean, Fortnite is, I think Fortnite is the example. Too. They absolutely like did. They, they, they have, absolutely they did. did a crossover with D2 and D2 did the same thing. There's, there's a crossover Fortnite, with Fortnite in it. I'm pretty sure. I think I think Fortnite and Destiny are some of the only like uh uh just grade A, grade S tier like uh live service games that are out. You know what I mean? When you think about their longevity and how long they've been around and how long, you know, it's like every couple months 
either either game is dropping an update that that people are talking about whether you're playing the game or not you know these two ips call of duty is the same thing it's very famous people know about it they know what it is i talked to my grandma about call of duty and she's gonna know <laughs> like uh at least you know the the series that she's gonna know it's a video game and uh you know the general premise behind it but um i i think fortnite and, and destiny are doing really good jobs you know what i mean of of hey we I think it's possible to do both. You could be a live service, you know, game and and still be a good game. Uh, I think that there are uh, some games in the last couple years who have not done good Matt jobs. Agree. Of really, he really does it, and I I think I think there's some <laughs> games in the last couple years that have made it easy for people like Matt, for players like Matt, to say I don't. I don't give a shit about this game, uh, which is why yeah. I think, uh, you know, Rocksteady is getting the pushback that they are for Suicide Squad. Matt, let's push it over to you, man. What are you what are you thinking as far as live service games? You're totally against them. You um, never want to touch one. What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got like a lot of like confusion and salt wrapped up in live service games. I don't I don't understand why people spend money in, in these free to play games where they aren't also like free to like pay to win so fortnite's a good example i own two i've been i mean i've got a season one og skin from fortnite it's the only skin that i've ever owned until sean <laughs> bought me the xenomorph skin which he did on a whim and <laughs> that's that's those are my those i couldn't are leave my, my boy hanging he said skin. oh look how cool that is and i said yeah. you know what let's look cool together I so i bought it for him and i bought it for you me you had to yeah. get yeah. mad it was you had to get mad dripping cool. out you know what i mean yeah so so it was very cool um but i mean sean thank you very much but i'm i'm never giving epic 20 of my dollars for for any of that are you kidding me it wasn't that i could do it for free that much it was yes it was it was 20 dollars i remember being like oh my god sean just gave me 20 dollars yeah well you know which is you know it's something to be said right about um about the uh can, can I, I go on to my? I was can just I about to say yes? Please, can, Matt, go ahead. Can please. I continue my salt rant? I've got, I've Rip got some thought. more. Uh, Destiny Two is also pretty deep uh, into the the salt mines as far as how frustrated I am. Um, so I came upon Destiny Two as like a free to play game, and I found the map system like basically unintelligible at first. And you know, me and my buddy screwed around with it for a couple hours. They eventually gave up, and then I came back because uh, you fine fellows were playing it and, you know, I purchased some of like some of it so I could, you know, play the stuff you were playing because you only get a little bit. If you play for free, you get like free tiered. And that's something else you see in these live service games as is or games as a service um, is you get this tiered stuff where they go, ooh, first hits free, baby. And they give you access to like a little bit, but you can't actually play with your friends because, you know, they have other things to do in areas that are fun anyways. So after all that occurs and, you know, I get access to all these areas, uh, not long afterwards, destiny two was like, Oh, we're going to vault our stuff. And in case you're wondering what vault means, because that's what uh, I was wondering, it means that they're going to yeah. take it away forever and that they're never like, like congratulations on your $60 that you spent. You now get access to one third of the material and you've got two months to crank out all the rest of it. And so, you know, man, ee, there's a lot of salt in there. You know, I get that it's, you know, free to play now. But at the same time, I paid money for it. And I don't want to go, like, don't want it to go away. And, like, <clears throat> this is, like, one of the many things of the live service games. I, I also feel like it waters down my my personal favorite genre being rpgs a lot of these live service games are rpgs but they're always like for me they're worse you know d3 was a step down from from d2 for instance, d3 being another live service game. i disagree with that no well, shot i think it appealed wrong. to a different How kind about of player that, Sean? <laughs> i think it was for a different generation maybe uh, you know i'm just yes, saying the live like, service it, generation well, look, I'm not saying that the others are awful. I'm just saying that it depends on who's I know, playing. I know, I get it. It depends on the person preference and the game. There. You know, because I, I, I absolutely adore D3. There. 
Yeah, I I know, and I know that you love Destiny too, and I, and I know that you like Fortnite, so I know okay. I've just got the well, 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 puppies. D two, D two after the vaulting, I I put it down for a long time. It is not until recently that but, I picked yeah, it up. Yeah, but you picked it back up. Now, very, now wait, hold on, Sean. Sure. Now I don't like this. Hold on. So I don't. That was peer pressure. Hey, hold on, so. Sean. Did you buy the latest Destiny two expansion? No, I did not. I'm playing oh, through. Oh, there you go. It got you there, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> look, I set my own uh, trap and then stepped in it. <laughs> I, <laughs> look, I know, Oops. and I think, uh, man, I'm I'm glad that we I'm glad that we were able to give you a spotlight for a little bit, right? So you can speak from your mm-hmm. soapbox and you can tell us about your your um, I'm going to say gripes, the but evils. I don't mean that in a mean way because yeah. I think that I think most people that don't like live service games in any capacity, myself included, I think that's I think we all, I think I have a love-hate relationship with live service games, and I think most people do, with the exception of Matt, in this, you know, little four-square <laughs> setting. Uh, and Mine I think, um, I, <laughs> I think that you make very good, valid points, which when I'm speaking for, uh, you know, the gaming community, all right, as an avid member myself, all right, I can totally understand why a game like Suicide Squad from a developer as renowned as Rocksteady got the pushback that it did when they dropped that trailer just a few weeks ago, okay? Um, and oh, really? essentially happened? the situation here is, yeah, I'll, I'll walk you through it. They, um, Everybody was really excited about this game, and just as a little bit of a setup, yeah. you know, they announced uh, Rocksteady is the developer behind uh, the Arkham Knight games, um, with the exception of maybe it's Arkham Origins. I don't Good think series. that they did Arkham Origins. So you talk about, um, the, but it's a fantastic the, the series of three Batman. I think it was the Batman yes. trilogy. Was it okay? Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, fantastic game. video games. Just great, solid single yeah. player um, experiences. And I don't know if it's nostalgia, but like you know, the first Arkham uh, game dropped. Uh, almost in line with, you know, Batman Begins. I think there was just a few, you know, month window, but they're great games. Uh, Rocksteady is a fantastic developer. Um, And uh, I'm not, I'm not aware of what they've done outside of, of those games. I don't know if they've done anything outside of those games, Um, but people expect a lot of them. Like the bar is set high with how solid the Arkham trilogy was. So when they announced mm-hmm. a few years yeah. ago that they were going to be doing a Suicide Squad game, uh, people were off their rockers. You know what I mean? Like, we were fantastic. Rocksteady's coming back. Uh, Warner Brothers doesn't really put out bad video games. They're a solid publisher. Uh, everything I've played from them has been fantastic, uh, to include those Hogwarts Lord of great. the Rings games that came out a few years ago. Hogwarts, uh, fantastic. Um, so, mm-hmm. again, the bar has been set high. All right. Uh, we're excited. We're, we have, uh, you know, one set expectation, uh, you know, for what Rocksteady is going to drop. And maybe that's what, uh, you know, kind of put the bullet in the chamber right there uh, is that we had set expectations. But the trailer, they, they dropped this kind of gameplay thing where they're running through the game. And really, it, it's giving off. I don't know if you guys played that uh, Avengers game from Square Enix uh, that dropped a few years ago. Um, it was terrible. Uh, and it's it, this new Suicide Squad game is kind of given off those vibes where it seems like the dev wanted to do a single player game. All right. And this is just from my perspective. The dev wants to do a single player game, but then publisher comes in and says, hey, we need to we need to make money in them Arkham games. Uh, They're not making money long term. Right. Uh, So let's go ahead and sprinkle some of that live service goodness into the single player greatness that we know you guys can can put together. Let's mush them together. Let's see how it works. All right. And as history has told us, uh, or, or shown us more rather, not every game can be a live service game. They're not mm-hmm. all designed the same. You know what I mean? Um, and gameplay trailer comes out, and it's very like looter shootery, right? It's very your play style should be driven by the loot that you find and you'll want to create these builds for each of your characters and that mindset or that mentality is great or or those mechanics are great for a game like destiny right but like how does that work for 
characters like the Suicide Squad who already have these like preset abilities. Like I don't, I don't want to build out a Harley Quinn build. They're already I built. Just play as they Harley have Quinn. so much lore. Yeah, I, I don't. Them. Why would you build yeah. out something new for a character that's what's already that preset? dude's name? King King Shark. Yeah, I, I just I yeah. just want to mm-hmm. play as. And so what I'm getting at of like not, things not always matching. It's the same thing with the Avengers, right? That game was driven by the loot that you would find in the game. That was kind of the key gameplay loot. Go kill bad guys. Go do these hard strongholds. You'll get better and better loot. But what is the reason, right? Like the loot didn't even change your appearance cosmetically. It changed numbers on the screen. And looking at those numbers on the screen, I'm expecting for those systems to be in depth, um, for them to be tied to stats that I should probably be paying deep attention to so I can build these things out. But those things are missing. You know what I mean? It's the it's kind of like the, again, the half-ass implementation of how do we keep players engaged? And if we look at other live service games like Destiny or like a Borderlands or how, how are they doing things? Let's do that. Let's put some of those things into our game and see if we can keep players engaged. And so the, 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 the key kind of thought there is not let's make a core gameplay loop, a gameplay loop being kind of like the, the main pillars of the game that the player will consistently go through in a live service game um they're not thinking through what a good gameplay loop is from a player perspective they're thinking about how do we keep money in our pockets right and so looking at this gameplay trailer that was launched a couple weeks ago uh myself and of course the the entire gaming community um we're looking at it and we're not seeing the rock steady standard we're seeing the half-ass live service game like this doesn't look All like right. the game we so, thought it would look like, you know. L- let me l- can can I throw a little perspective? Absolutely, a please. Of my perspective please, I'll on ramble on if you don't. Yeah, yeah. So here's my problem with this entire idea, specifically with this realm, right? So Suicide Squad, you have preset defined characters, right? They're not all starting from a similar base. They are. All, they all have unique abilities, identities, what have you. The difference between that and why I don't think live service would work in that setting is because if you look at all the other successful live service games, it is a flat base, as in everybody starts in the same level, everybody starts with the same stuff, and then you work and progress towards the build or the items. Right. How can you do that if you have predefined characters, some with like specific well-known utilities or abilities and also histories right like i think the right like you have backgrounds that you like you can't just go that mid not with a comic book community that just doesn't fly i think part of the fun for a game like destiny is like i you can make up your own right you can you want to create Mm -hmm. the builds and because you can kind of bring your own world building into it based off of what you know, the, the dev has kind of what world they've put you in. Sure. When you have a game like Suicide Squad, that's very hard to do where, why, why do I have that want? Like the magic is kind of removed yeah. from it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, if you put a base, so like here's here's how I expect this to work with Suicide Squad, right? If we're going to actually do this, and if I was going to do this, and it's going to be really quick and then we can move on. But if I was going to do it, what I would start with is base character in the world with Suicide Squad characters as support or storyline type deal, but not playable. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because then you have the ability yeah, to absolutely. work inside of the world with the lore, but you're not altering the lore in the sense of your character is unique and they the, those characters add flavor and set the setting. It immerses Absolutely, you in the setting dude. because Guardians. those characters are in it. That's how I would approach that. Yes, and not and with what you were telling me. I think, uh, and Matt, I know you had something to throw out here. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw out some praise for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Sean, what you're throwing out here, um, uh, hey, for our, for our listeners out there, if you guys haven't played Guardians of the Galaxy, that's exactly what that game is. They picked one character for the player to kind of main throughout the entire story, and the game is really about you know, experiencing bringing the team together from the perspective of one player. And you can still upgrade Mm -hmm. those characters, but they are support. They are there to support you. Uh, And 
really, that's what I thought this new Suicide Squad would kind of follow in. You pick one character, and then everybody else is in support of you, right? You just kind of mainline it through it. And, um, you know, it's not that I'm upset that they didn't do that. It just seems wrong. It, like they went in the complete opposite direction. So, uh, anyways, Matt, uh, uh, what thoughts do you have, uh, sir? I was I was going to kind of add another comparison, um, and it's not. I wouldn't say that they're super well known, but I expect everyone here to know it, or maybe no. I don't know. Um, there's the the Fat Shark um, Warhammer series. They have um, mm-hmm. Vermintide, Vermintide Two, and um, now their newest one, Dark Tides, something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it, and and it, it what Sean was saying kind of you know I was thinking about like well how does that work here because in all of these games there's basically four unique classes it's not like Left for Dead right or Left for Dead Four um or sorry Left for Dead Two I apologize and you get four unique classes that do their own things and have their unique skills and yada 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 I still feel like they they act in kind of like that live service format where you're getting upgrades and you know you're getting better loot right uh the loot does change how, your gameplay and so on and so forth uh one of the one of the different choices they made is that you you know you play a nobody in the Warhammer 40k universe and um I know a little bit about the Warhammer 40k universe. It's a sci-fi universe. Um, you know, it's got a ton of stuff attached to it. Uh, you know, untold number of books and, you know, video games. There's got to be at least 20, 30 video games tied to it somehow. That's amazing in its own right. Um, I don't know. And I just thought I'd bring up those games as like someplace that kind of like fits somewhere in with what Sean was saying about well you don't start as like the same base character as everybody else um but you do but they did opt for you to be like a nobody basically or you know a no face person not like you know canon character or something like that i i don't know maybe they're not even that much live service games as that throw it out there see what you guys have to say about that feel feel like if there's any overlap there or so on and so forth so here's the problem with and this is story but this is story work at its basic core, right? People tend to identify mm-hmm. as the protagonist. And so what happens is mm-hmm. if you make yourself a protagonist that's already established, you're less likely to immerse yourself in the world because it, it's hard for you to overlap your identity on it. And so a lot of times with the storytelling, you have problems when you do that, and it, it shows in those types of games. So when you create this sort of ambiguous or easily moldable character from a video game standpoint it allows you to immerse and then you can use the tropes that have been pre-established elsewhere to then amplify that sense of immersion and so you know you can still be a no-name character or you know whatever in the world but it's how you allow the people to sink into it that oftentimes makes or breaks that that desire to continue to be in the world and so i, I find Sean, i'm so difficult. glad that you said that i'm so glad that you said that that's, <laughs> that's that was the that's what i was trying to say 10 minutes ago and i i couldn't find the words and i mean you just it's the immersion man uh and it's the yep. it breaks it's the it. games like suicide squad that uh that that break that immersion like if you want me mm-hmm. to be more engaged like drop me in to the universe of suicide squad and all of these dc you know characters as a nobody you know what i mean yep. uh attach me to the suicide squad as like a normal gun guy or something i, I don't know right yeah, like i'm not right. a developer so, so, i'm not so this comes to down to greedy developers yeah. It comes yeah, down exactly. to I, not not I, even necessarily the developers it's it's the publishers or whomever at the top the is sitting there saying Absolutely. hey I, I want money off this because here's the thing, like, because you know we we can blame a live service for this all we want, but it's 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 not it's not the fault of the live service mentality. It's the fault of Absolutely. the publishers saying, "Hey, we need to make money on this." Like you said, long term, how can we take mm-hmm. something that was never meant to be live service, never ever meant to be live service? How can we take this and make it live service? And that essentially kills yes. the whole 
the whole essence of what they originally it set out to do, unfortunately. It kills unfortunately, the essence it of the game. Point. It kills yes. the game because there's there's totally fine games out there, man. Going back to Fortnite and Warzone and stuff like that that are live service at their core, these things, they're, they're rotating maps. They're changing maps and game modes and stuff like every 65, 70 days, whatever, every, you know, like a, every quarter, whatever time frame you want to wrap around it, the whole map changes. There's whole new sets of content coming in and out of the game. But something that's unique about those is that very rarely do you see that level of live service in an actual full-on single-player game. I don't, I don't feel like, for me anyways, I feel like trying to wrap live service around a single-player game shouldn't be a thing. I think live service, for me, makes more sense tied around something that is, at its core, multiplayer. Even if it's separate, I mean, if it's, if it's separated. So let's, let's talk like, if we're talking Call of Duty as a whole, as a, as a franchise, we're talking about, okay, we have the base game. And then you have Warzone. They've even they've taken that now because you remember, um, gosh, what was the original uh, BR for Call of Duty? I can't think of it right now to, oh, to save my life. Blackout, 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 blackout. Yeah. blackout. blackout. So blackout, you blackout. had to own what was it? Either it was Black Ops Four, right? You had to own Black Ops Four yep. to play Blackout. Not free to play at all. Yep. Correct. So at that point in time, that's when they realized these are two separate games. Like out of all people to realize this, it was Activision. Activision said, hey, guys, this shouldn't we shouldn't be bundling this. We, you shouldn't have to buy the single player experience to play the multiplayer experience. And you shouldn't or I should say the, the live service experience. Let's let's make sure we're we're, we're sticking to yeah. that. But so now they're like, hey, we're going to Warzone is free to play. That's going to be the live service game and keep it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Call of Duty is still kind of bundled in there because they want to have this like unified kind of game space between the two Call of Duties or between the multiple Call of Duties at this point. And they want to kind of keep the UI the same and all that. And they want like the skins to go between them all. So they're, they're still doing that like blending of live service, but you can still go and play that single player game and you're not hindered by the live service aspect of it. You can still play, you know, it, don't get me wrong, compared to a lot of single-player games, Call of Duty games are, are measly in comparison when it comes to hours to completion. But even still, you can pick up that game if your sole intention is to play the single-player game. You, you won't be weighed down by the live service aspect of it unless you want to get into that side of the, of the IP, of the title. Um, I think that's the problem. Like with something like... I know we kind of we got hung up on the whole Destiny 2 thing and, and them vaulting content and stuff like that. I think that's more an outlier situation where Bungie wasn't sure what they wanted Destiny 2 to be anymore. They weren't quite sure how they wanted to package that up anymore, you know, because really, and, and they learned this the hard way. It's like, you know, honestly, the base game should be free to play. And they, they found that out. Now the base game is free to play and you get X amount of content. And if you want the, you know, if you want the next, the newest and greatest thing, you pay for it. You know, it's kind of like an expansion pack. It's DLC, blah, 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 blah. You know, at least now we're not paying $60 for the base. And then they're expecting us to pay, you know, $30 per expansion or something like that. And, you know, before you come out of it, because back in the day, man, it used to and be, you know, I, you'd buy like seven games to, to get caught up with people. And that's fair, I think this is going to be like considered. Go ahead, Jerry. I th thank you, Sean. I think this might be considered controversial, and I didn't say it the first time we talked about it, but Brent brought it up again, so now you guys aren't getting out of it, okay? Uh, it's a little crazy, all right, because it's when you're looking at vaulting content, especially in a live service game, uh, and and just really quick, Brent said something that, um, uh, that resonated with me about hurting the live service experience, uh, and really, just really quickly to break that down, I think... Uh, at its core, hurting the live service experience is really talking about player population, how many players are online uh, at, at one time, uh, and especially for a game like uh, Destiny or Call of Duty, right? If queue times when you're trying to get into a game are super long, <laughs> I'm not going to want to queue into a game again, right? I'm maybe going to play a handful of games, and if that fourth or fifth game I'm queued for three or four minutes, that's enough time for me to think about playing something else, right? Activision doesn't want that. Uh, so when we're talking about the player experience, we're, we're for games like Call of Duty, Destiny, Fortnite, you know, it's really about how can we keep our players as connected uh, as consistently as possible. Any kind of outages or delays in that experience at all hurts their bottom line. Uh, and then, uh, which is making money, 
right? Um, so when you look at Destiny and, and vaulting content and hurting the player experience, the live service experience, exactly like Matt was saying at the beginning of the podcast, like he's trying to play with his new buddies because some new stuff came out and they can go play the shiny new stuff. But as a free to play player, Matt can't really do that. He's got to either shell out the cash or kick rocks. Um, and so people are not happy, uh, especially when content that they paid for uh, is vaulted. Uh, and I know this whole episode is not supposed to be destiny oriented, but since it, we're on the topic, um, I do have, we've all played destiny here. Uh, Matt made a comment about it earlier about how just disgustingly, you know, messy that me that map can be, uh, when we're looking at live service games, can we really not also expect for content to be vaulted if we're playing them for three, four, five, six, seven years at a time. I mean, if, if Destiny, if Bungie had not vaulted the amount of content they had to this day, and to clarify, they vaulted multiple times, not just, you know, the, the major vault that, you know, we've talked about to this point. They vault planets, they vault weapons, armor. Uh, I, I, what would the game, it would be ridiculous now if we're looking at like storage size, it kind of, Oh yeah, I mean Fortnite's the same, but that you know it's saying? set out to be that. It's set out to be that way, though. Like Destiny never set out to do that. So, and here's the other thing too: compensate me. I have spent enough money, and the player base spent enough money before you decided to change your ultimate goal of what you wanted D two to be. Like I was a day one D two drop dude, and played pretty consistently up until what shadow keep and so like that's a lot of time and it feels like i got literally nothing out of it besides i mean i got some cosmetics but that's about it like compensate me in some other way so that you can get your so it's, here it's easy uh, to do like give me give here's me some my rebuttal only ogs get or give me some like guns that only i can unlock now because of like do something because it and felt right, like look, i just so got everything here, ripped away Think of it from this perspective though, Sean, we talked about immersion earlier and when you're looking at these live service games, you know, whenever I'm talking to somebody who hasn't played Destiny before, uh, I'm always approaching it like in my in my mind's eye of like, you know, in the Destiny universe, I'm, I'm a long term veteran, you know what I mean? I was there in the Red War and you can't even play that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they right. they vaulted yeah. the initial yeah. campaign of the game. And so it's <laughs> like, hey, if Matt, Brent or Sean, if you guys have never played the game before and you just started playing today, there are things I've experienced in the game as a guardian, uh, which is what I think Bungie's intentions are, right? Like how do we make our OGs, our veterans feel powerful. And maybe I'm just making this up in my mind, but from my lens, this is how I think of it, right? Like I'm a Red War veteran and the fact that new players can't experience that anymore, it, it does suck. But from both perspectives, there's this feeling of, man, I wasn't there for that. Like what, there's this feeling of the world living around you, right? And it kind of, in my mind's eye, uh, uh, increases the immersion factor for me. And I know not everybody agrees with that, but that's how I look at it. And it makes me, I feel like Destiny is a very special game. Uh, and I feel like Fortnite has kind of just entered that, that kind of space in the last couple of seasons where they're also trying to kind of say, transcend story? time. I think that's kind of, absolutely. Uh, and it's <laughs> very <the> vague. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, fair George, enough. George, I just want to say... I'm on my high horse right now. You know what I'm saying? These things are yeah, flying can, right I over can me. Tell. <laughs> oh, Jordan, go ahead, Matt. Man, I just want to say I love it when when somebody takes away content that I that I paid for. I think that that's, that's look. Pretty awesome. I paid for it too. I, I'm, I I'm an it. idiot. Look, I'm being a simp right now. I'm being I'm I'm being a <laughs> simp. Sounds I like promise. It. I'm be like the whole I've, time you're talking, I get it. I'm like, yeah. But the other look, the downside <laughs> to it though is that. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Look, the downside hey, hey, to Jordy, it, though. Hey, do you, Doc, hey, hey, Doc, real quick. Do you, do you know what Stockholm Syndrome is? Look, and wait, not, you, Matt. Do you think maybe you should Google that and take a look at it? Guys, wait, look. Situation? I, I already know. I get it. I understand. I get it. I know how do this you? sounds. And I'm, I, <laughs> I do. I promise. All right. But if we look at Destiny specifically, the game is already messy. The game is already messy. How do they 
how do they figure out how to keep all of that? And what stops Destiny from becoming the next Call of Duty? Because part of the reason why I don't have Call of Duty downloaded on everything is I don't got 300 gigs of space on every machine in my house to play Call of Duty. All right? Like, it's uh, we're talking about the player experience. I mean, honestly, I feel like they could solve that by, you know, maybe hiring some more UI designers. And maybe they could think of a way that, you know, made the game less confusing or like challenging for new players. And, um, you know, that, that might've been a better way to handle it. Uh, also, I feel like it would have been nice if there was like an opt in opt out solution. Um, you know, I want to play these levels and therefore I'm not call of duty cause I can't handle the call of duty, you know, call of duty level space. And you know, you can get the red war, which is gone and you know, whatever else. <laughs> I mean, man, like, Look, I, man, get I don't why know what to tell you. It. Just, yeah. Yo. I, 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 the, I, the salt, the, the, I'm just getting the salt factor is just going to keep on producing more salt, bro. Sorry. This is, so, sorry, audience. We have stepped on something I do not like. <laughs> I, I not get it. Topic uh, and I'm, to I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on this hill. You know what I mean? And I already, I, I walked into this understanding already. The I feel like I'm walking through, y'all seen Game of Thrones, when the, the shame, that's me right now. That's how I feel. I'm walking through uh, shame so, valley. Shame. Uh, so let's bring and, up, let's bring up one of the major drawbacks then, in my mind, of a live service game. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. Let's okay. It's the, the and, and, and some some would say no. It's not vaulting content. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Although it, in the same vein, it kind of is. So we we've kind of we've kind of hinted that like there's some longevity with it, there can be with a live service game, right? Because they're continuing to kind of like add new stuff, refresh it, blah blah blah. They keep the game fresh. What happens when the developers just don't give a damn anymore? Where does the game go? Mm, what happens to all the money you spent? Mm-hmm. It's gone. Oh, you are dependent yeah, on the developers the server. Now. That's it. Right. The servers are Bye. gone. That's it. You can't play it anymore. It's gone. And Those so... skins are, are only going to last for so long, people. Right. So, like, the old school folks <laughs> like us who used to buy a game, you had a tangible game in your hand. Hey, I can play this now or I can play this in 20 years from games. now. Assuming, yep. assuming my console hasn't thrown up some, you know, ring of death or whatever the equivalent would be on any other console... I can play this game anytime I want. So, like, th those days are gone, guys. Like, Fortnite, mm. you know, it, it's going to stand the test of time, I think, to some extent compared to other games. But there's going to be a point in time where it's just gone, at least the initial iteration of it. Um, I, I just, I don't know. And, and same with all these other games that are live service games, especially these other games that don't have a studio like Epic Games backing it up. You know, I don't think I, I don't think Fortnite is going anywhere anytime soon because they're making millions upon millions of dollars a month on transactions. Um, so as long as Activision that's, that's continuing uh, to happen, and in twenty, I think it was last year, and one quarter made billions of dollars off of microtransactions from like right. only one of their IPs, and it was not Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, or no, 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 it was Call of Duty. I'm thinking of EA. EA does the same uh, with their FIFA games. Uh, it's ridiculous the amount of money that those games bring in uh, quarterly. Yeah, I mean, only and, and so uh, wait, yeah, and there's going to be a Dude, point in time though, where they just go away. Dude, hold on. Do those FIFA games have microtransactions in them? Absolutely. They are EA's what? like number what? one Why? like it's EA. cash cow are FIFA. What did games. you expect? It's, it's their it uh, they have like a it's I don't they have know. Like a, I like guess a they just builder, continue to disappoint. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they have like a team builder aspect to the game, and I think the microtransactions yeah. are tied to like players. So you buy what? the microtransactions, you get a random amount of like mystery cards, and then you flip the cards. And the cards are oh ranked by rarity or the players are ranked by rarity. And then you can take those players and then add them to your multiplayer teams or whatever. Right. Uh, so I, it's like I secretly wish, pay oh to win. God. For Gosh, sure. I wish, and FIFA, I wish we were on that's Twitch not the only... so you can see me pulling out my freaking hair right now. <laughs> it's the worst kind of microtransaction which... because it's like, oh, you're going to get like six cards. Good luck on knowing which one of them is the rare card. Which, you know, really to, to kind of bring us to a close here is, is it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, Brent said what he did. Cause it, it, the, 
Oh, I've got one more thing to say before you close. So just, just so let me know. Perfect. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Brent. Are you sure? Okay. My, my one Absolutely. other example yeah. of a con to a live service game. Let's talk about Halo Infinite, guys. Oh, because oh, I knew it was that's coming. A, I knew that's it was a prime coming. example totally. of unfinished, <laughs> unfinished live service game. And they're still struggling Dude. to this day. When did they come out? It came out like November. I mean, November of not last year, the year before. Yeah, I guess that's right. Such a wonderful IP. How do you do this? I forgot about it. How do you do this? It's been that long. Yeah. And you know, I think that's the two biggest cons in my mind, man. It's the dependence on the developers to keep it going. And it's unfinished games because I feel like the developers think that it is okay. Hey, we've got this live service game. We've got that. The core gameplay loop is it's okay. It works for the most part. We're going to go ahead and drop this to the public because we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. And we need revenue from the, the, the in-game store because we've ran out of developmental uh, money, you know? So I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of burns you know me the, the wrong way. The, well, did they ever drop I, the co-op I, for that? Or did they just give up on they like did. co-op? They did drop single? co-op. And just really quick while we're dropping hate, all right, season three dropped uh, a week ago, I think, or a little somewhere in that window. And it's not bad. Uh, it's closer to the Halo experience that I kind of expected after, you know, the cupcake phase weared off uh, or wore off, not weared off. I'm intelligent. Weird. Um, uh, <laughs> after it weared off, uh, you know, a couple weeks after launch, uh, it's pretty fun. They've added like some Forge uh, maps, uh, like community made maps and um, some new modes and just some real baseline stuff that should have been in the game at launch. Anyways, the point here is Brent is out here dropping bombs, right? Uh, because the Halo Infinite thing really only reinforces the, like, I feel like the conclusion statement here, which is not all live service games are bad, but more often than not, they hurt the core of what these video games should be, or, or at least what a lot of us grew up, you know, uh, uh, playing. And it's really weird to say, but it's like we are... We're now those the old people like shaking our canes uh, at the new generation of like video games as they're driving by on the street. Like, get off my lawn, you dumb kids! And you know, yeah, but at the same day, time, the new generation be... doesn't know any better. They just go, "Oh yeah, this, this is, is true." This is and kosher. everything's good. My point and though is that from a generation when you where you owned at... it. Well, you know wait, I mean? check like, this. Right a, when you look at a... video games as a whole, they've only been around for like fifty years. Right, we are still yeah, in the the infancy of of what this industry is. When you look at an industry like movies, right? Movie industry has been around for uh, probably around a hundred years, give or take, right? Uh, and it took it took how long for them for the movie industry to get where it's at right now? And in fifty years, the video game industry is twice the size of 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 the movie making industry and the music industry year over year based off of profits, right? Uh, so if, if wow. in its fi first 50 years, video games could do that, what does it look like when we've had 100 years in the pipe, right? And just like Brent said, the, the traditional games, right? Like we're slowly starting to see those die off. And it's not that they're, they're not coming out frequently, right? But the double A space has completely gone away, right? Those not quite yeah, indie games and not quite triple A games, but the games that, you know, uh, devs are just kind of taking chances on uh, and saying, hey, let's put a bunch of stuff together and see what works. Hey, those mechanics that we didn't put into that game, <laughs> I think we've got an idea to, to make a whole new game based off of those things. They're not doing that no more because the idea is, look, we can, we can make a game, but how do we make money after that? Right, because we know what the profit. So here's the looks like. here's the uh, intrinsic problem with that thought process, though, is that now it's no longer good storytelling, um, you know, complete experience. How do I make a quick buck and keep them coming back? How do I keep dropping the hit? Absolutely. For them to that that's yeah. all it is. And unfortunately, yep. I've fallen that's into it is. with some some you know Fortnite, but even then, it's. No, no, no. It's I don't think it's see. unfortunately because I think I think some games can be good live service games. I think yes, some and the reason the problem is that it's forcing the industry to move in a particular way that I'm not like I'm Correct. not very fond of. Absolutely. Because 
Yes. No longer. That's why I tend to lean more towards indie games. Again, I've said this a couple times already is, you know, while I like the big IPs and here recently I've been mostly in the big IP space, um, those indie games tend to have a lot more love inside of them. And the developers mm-hmm. are making a Absolutely. game that they want the experience. Like, uh, Peden, Sinua, right? Wow. You know what I mean? Oh, That boy. game has some love in it. You, you know, and... Oh, yeah. I'd like, say that's one game. of the few double-A games that have come out in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but look, at the, look at the love uh, and the immersion. Like, you know what I mean? Look at... Uh, a, I mean, it's a bigger game, but, you know, Death Stranding. Those types of games where it, like, you yeah. immerse and it is a... I don't know, man. It just it bothers me that those type games seem to be going the way of the dodo. And you know, it's the the. It's another look. We're dropping bangers all night long, right, Sean? It's it's a. Uh, uh, I think you're right, right? The other other developers and publishers see games like Fortnite, like Destiny, and and they see how much money they're making. The Fifas, the mm-hmm. sports games, right? Like they see how much money they're making. They say, I want a piece of that pie, right? And it, it, it just it just yanks the soul out of the games that they kind of push. And not every live service game is bad. I just want to be clear. Not every live service game is bad, but no, I'm not the, the overall success, right, is, is bad because it shows other industries, or not other industries, but other devs and pubs, like, okay, cool. It can't be done. Let's see what we can do. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully keep the player coming back and spending money, right? So here's how we combat this. Vote with your wallet. Right. I know that's cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's oversaid, whatever. But I mean, it is the truth. Right. Uh, Suicide Squad was at the end of the day. And again, right now it's rumored to be delayed, uh, but rumored from a very, very solid source. We'll drop, um, you know, links and show notes. Um, and uh, anyway, the, the reporter's name or journalist's name is uh, Jason Schreier. All right. So most of the industry kind of leaks that come out are are originating with this guy, right? So uh, while it hasn't been announced yet or confirmed, it's going to come out of this dude's mouth and I'm, I'm liable to believe that, all right? So again, we'll drop it in the show notes, but um, you know, the, the report is that it's being, it's being delayed or pushed back because of uh, the industries or the community's feedback to what they showed. Um, and I think it's a perfect example of developers are listening and they have more ability uh, to listen now than they ever have before, right? They dropped a gameplay trailer and within a week, <laughs> they announced the delay, right? And I know this is kind of like off topic, but like thinking of like Sonic. Uh, do you guys remember when that movie oh, dropped? I was, I was uh, or the, the trailer first dropped? Thing that came and to my mind. it was yeah, horrendous, same, yeah. right? Like people were tearing them apart. But what did they do? The the they fixed it. studio why heard he it. Got they delayed the why, movie why he got and they fixed it. Right. Absolutely. So all this, all this to say, uh, is that we're seeing this more and more, right? We, I, a big one that I think of is battlefront from 2017, that game launched in a horrendous state microtransactions up the wazoo. It was literally pay to win. You could spend money to make your, uh, performance better in game. Uh, and they were shredded apart within the first 60 days, not 60 days, 60 days, 60 days, uh, of the game being dropped. Uh, and thankfully, uh, you know, a few years later, the game is in a great state. I've, I've played it recently. It's fantastic. It looks great. Uh, and it's it's just sad that, like, all of the planned content that they had talked about or announced, some of it inevitably had to be pushed back and, like, never released because they were spending time righting their wrongs, right? And I think that's one of, like, the first big games that was uh, really kind of... I want to say given back to the de- the developers <laughs> like hey no fix this right uh cyberpunk is another one um the amount of money that they had to give back to people literally millions of dollars in refunds uh playstation delisted them right uh and it's that. like that was crazy these these developers and publishers are listening and it's it's like they it's like sometimes it takes them a couple years to figure things out uh but i feel like as long as people don't people like some of us in this in this uh, recording right now, as long as people don't tip the scales too far, you know what I mean? We're not spending too much, you know, uh, to kind of offset for people like Matt who don't spend as much, right? Uh, we're called whales. That is uh, just a term I wanted to throw out there, right, as far as microtransactions are concerned. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, the, the point here is vote with your wallets. If uh, you don't like live service games and you don't want to see them continue to dominate, you know, the gaming industry, don't buy them. Uh, and if you do buy them, don't spend money on microtransactions. Limit yourself. Uh, or the, the, the trend we'll continue to see is uh, the one we're seeing right now, uh, where just like Brent said, games that don't need to be live service games are becoming live service games. Or maybe it was Sean. I don't know, but it was a good point. All right. Uh, gentlemen, do you guys have anything uh, as far as closing thoughts are concerned? I don't think no, so. I think we've covered together. it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, hey, uh, listeners, audience members alike, we appreciate you guys listening and hanging out with us. Uh, and if, you're, if you've listened this far, all right, uh, hey, give us a shout in Discord. All right. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, uh, are sure. you playing live service games? What are, give us your thoughts. All right. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we'll leave a, a link in the show notes. Um, but uh, outside of that, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Bye.